Okay. But at the same time, um, when I was in my third year in uni, I actually met someone okay. who actually, uh, we actually were working on this side project together mm-hmm. on. And then he called me and said like, hey, you know, this project we were working on that you thought was for fun, we kind of got an investor. Wow. We are funded. Do you want to come back and like get this working? I was like, oh, okay, sure. Since I'm not doing anything in Hong Kong now, okay. let's just like go back to Singapore and see what happens. Right, right. So we came back to Singapore and then um, worked on the idea, got more funding and um, yeah, ran with it for about two years. Welcome back to another episode of Mind Your Business SG. Today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Crystal Wong and she is from Sleek Flow. So Crystal is the head of partnerships and oversees the development of sales, content and tech partnerships in Asia for Sleekflow. So you're wondering, what is Sleekflow? Sleekflow is a social commerce platform that helps people sell and market their products better. So Crystal, let's start at the beginning of the journey, right? Uh, Let's go. So your dad is from Hong Kong, as you were mentioning, right? Uh, But your education system in Singapore was from the start. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I was actually born in Singapore. Okay. I am Singaporean. My mom's from Singapore. Okay. So uh, I was born here and then we went over to Hong Kong for a bit and then I came back to Singapore from primary school onwards. Okay. So I've stayed here all the way until like uni. Okay, so quite the traditional Singaporean yeah, education journey, right? that's right. All right, so, so explain to me like why um, you decided to move back to Hong Kong, right? Rather than staying in Singapore, uh, even though you had such a long time in Singapore what was the first factor right so for me I actually spent a lot of my um, I guess school holidays in Hong Kong so I always wanted to visit there and um, it was kind of like a second home for me All right. and then I felt that Hong Kong and Singapore were like cousins you know always okay. very similar yep. but also very different so I think Singapore was the more like the Kwai cousin, you know? <laughs> and then Hong Kong's a bit the more rowdy one, All the right. more fun one. Yeah, so, Kwai, yeah. Kwai means like, you're, you're a good boy, right? Yeah, yeah good boy, good yeah. boy. Yeah. Good girl. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I think like, just growing up in Singapore, I think I was very like, you know, exposed to the Singapore, I guess, mentality, mm. the thinking, and how everything needs to be done a certain way. But yeah. I felt that whenever I go to Hong Kong, it's very different. Okay. It's like, things don't have to be done this way. Or like, you can actually make some changes. You know, mm-hmm. you have the ability to and that change. So I think that was something that really drew me to Hong Kong. And the people there were just a lot more, I guess, vibrant. Okay. Yeah. And we are talking about this, like, even from a young age. Like, yeah, you yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Different. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never heard people describing Hong Kong and Singapore in that analogy. I think it's, it's quite interesting. La. You know, I've always seen, like, people compare when they you know, do economic reports yeah. or yeah. housing. and There's a lot of comparison between yeah. Hong Kong and Singapore. Especially in Asia, yeah. right? When, when we are talking about uh, Asia, it's always Hong Kong and Singapore being yeah. the yeah. financial hubs. Yeah. So you say that even from a young age, you always felt that Hong Kong was a bit more um, open yeah. in the way that they were thinking. Yeah, I think, like, from a young age, I saw it on a very, like, I guess in a sense, childish level. Okay. Yeah. So what I felt that was like, oh, in Singapore, if I go to restaurants, you know, mm-hmm. if I, let's say, order like Maggie Mee with lunch and yeah. meat and egg, you know, yeah. and then I said, can I change Maggie Mee to macaroni? Oh no, it's like that. You need okay. to order it like that. Right. I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. But then in Hong Kong, it's like, can I change macaroni? Yeah. Can I change spaghetti? Yeah. Okay. I know, okay. But okay. I'm just going like, to charge you a bit more or whatever. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. you know, the funny thing is, I think you would not enjoy Japan. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because like, if you think Singapore is rigid, like honestly, I had a bad time in Japan because the Japanese are really, really rigid. They are very nice, they're friendly, but 
it's even worse. Like if their aircon is off and you ask them to turn on the aircon, they are not doing it. They're like, no, right, like, right. This is how it is. Like, yeah. You know. So I yeah. think that's actually one thing I liked about Hong Kong is that they'll find a way to survive. They'll find mm-hmm. a way to earn your money. They'll okay. find a way to like make it work for you. So that's kind of like something that I really wanted because okay. I feel that in Singapore, a lot of things that I've had is like, you know, you can earn it in a certain way. As long as you do this, you can get this. Right. But in Hong Kong, it's like, if I can do this, can I get more? You mm. know, that kind right. of mentality. So what, the, what is the, sorry, what is the p- proper term to, let's say we call ourselves Singaporean, right? Yeah. What is the proper term to call uh, people from Hong Kong? <laughs> I am not sure actually. I think like I usually just say Hong Konger. Or, like, yeah. yeah, because but there's another term. That yeah, Hongkies, right? Hongkies. Right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm so not sure. I'm I don't know. About it. To me, like I, I don't really feel. Yeah. Anything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, um, where, during your whole like education journey, you always felt that you would be more successful in Hong Kong. Right? Mm, I think I was of the like mindset that in Hong Kong I could do something else or I could be a different person or I can explore other parts of me. So not really more successful per se but just different parts I guess. What what do you mean by different? Is is it like are you talking about the Singapore system whereby you you follow a very strict path? Is is that what you're talking about? Uh, Maybe because I felt that in Singapore maybe kind of like the schools I went to or the people that are around me they just have quite common paths like a lot of my friends are like doctors or lawyers or something like that and i just didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer you know but you know in hong kong my friends had more varied career paths so Mm. it just made me feel like oh is it is it like a kind of like hong kong versus singapore kind of different system so yeah so like bring me through the journey right right right, right. especially when you're growing up right so to have friends who are they're so already set on the the path and we're talking about how old were you at this time maybe Primary school, secondary school. Right. So th- at a very young age, they have already determined that, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a lawyer versus you who are like, eh, you know, there's so much more to the world than just these three or four professions. Right. right. How was right. the conversation like with your peers? I mean, right. Because I think like my friends, they have, they had parents, they have parents who are actually like <laughs> doctors and lawyers, both of okay. them. Right. right? But right. for my parents, they have a more like unconventional career path. Okay. So my dad used to be a horse trainer for Hong Kong. Wow. wow. I don't think that makes any sense to anyone in Singapore. But basically um, in Hong Kong, the horse racing industry is very big. Right. And um, there are only like, I think like less than 50 horse trainers and they're okay. just a very prestigious like position wow. or wow. whatever it is. But like basically, you don't, you're not a businessman, right? You're a horse trainer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's essentially like, um, they're kind of like the it people there and then my mom she was actually a um, Singapore girl she flew for SIA right. so again not a very conventional career path yeah, so yeah. I think like for me they never really or I never really like saw like oh I have to be a doctor lawyer have a proper job you know yeah. I've always been in a startup yeah. so that's not a proper job per se yeah. but like yeah they've just been very like letting me try what I want to okay. try and I think that was okay. helpful versus like my friends who both of their parents were doctors both of right. their parents were lawyers I think like they just mm-hmm. had a bit more boxed in mindset okay. at an earlier stage w- was it very difficult for you to like you know explain like this experience to the peers around you because as a Singapore society we are so as you said like boxed up right mm. uh, was it tough to have that conversation with your peers I think it was tough for them to understand where I was coming from. Mm. You know, they're like, but that's not stable. Why do you want to do that? You know, another thing of like why I wanted to move to Hong Kong as well was because I really enjoyed like film. So I actually wanted to be a filmmaker. So like the Hong Kong entertainment industry was something that I kind of want to get into as well. Which is definitely way ahead of like Yeah, that's also kind of why I wanted to move to Hong Kong, a small part of it. And um, 
when I talk to my friends, let's say even in uni about like career change and like what we we're going to do after uni, right? So it's really funny. Like we were about to graduate okay. and then they're like, oh, Crystal, what are you going to do in um, once you graduate? I said, oh, I'm moving to Hong Kong. I'm going to make a film. And they're like, okay, good job. All of this, <laughs> you know? But then like that didn't happen. I ended up like coming back to Singapore and doing Aye. my own startup. But Aye. that's another story. But the yeah. point was like, I was quite fixated on actually doing mm-hmm. my own thing. But mm. they were saying, but you you do quite well. Like, I mean, you can actually go to maybe a bank and do marketing or, you know, you can go to MNC and do this. Why do you want to make films and be poor? You know, that's kind of like the conversation we were having and (laughs) I was like, who are you to judge my dreams, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think that's the sad thing that when it comes to Singaporeans, we are very in the red race and we don't realise that we are in the red race, right? Uh, so what what were you studying in university actually? Um, I was doing business management okay. uh, with a major in marketing as well as corporate communications. Right. So you do have like majority of your peers who were in uni with you, they were studying business, yeah. right? But how many of them like would you say went on to start their own business? Oh, I think like maybe 10 to 20% because I think SMU right. is a very enterprising place. Nice. So like people tend to start their own businesses as well. But a major- the majority of them actually um, have like proper jobs in proper companies I would say I mean, yeah. let's not use the word proper <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but okay. I gotta ask like what what do these business graduates what kind of career path do they follow if you get a business degree where do you go anything right yeah like, anything a lot of them actually gen- end, up, end up in bank finance uh, like yeah, that's that a pretty big percentage and actually a lot of them end up in tech sales yep. yeah I see because yeah. I mean business you do a very generic mm-hmm. degree right where yeah. you can go out and do whatever you want from ops to like sales to yeah right. but I think yeah. it gets quite clear quite early on like for example mm. in SMU you need to have like a um, internship before you're allowed okay. to graduate so most of my friends went to intern with like banks or like MNCs okay. or FMCG companies for me I went to intern at a film production house wow so <laughs> so you were kind of overqualified no, I don't think so. But like, I was completely more like, I don't really care about like, they said you need to have good internships, you know, in For year one, you should plan this, year two, you should do this. And I right. was like, no, the requirements one, right? I'm just going to do one film, you know, internship. Okay. Then the rest of the time, I want to spend it exploring other in- things that interest okay. me. Yeah. Okay. Right. So how, how many internships were your classmates doing? Oh, my friends did even like two in one summer. So some wow. have like maybe seven, eight within the four years in wow. SMU. I did one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I've heard. Like yeah. it's really competitive, yeah. especially when you have like eight internships in the bag by the time you're finding your first that's, full-time that's, job. That's so yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. Like, and you're competing with someone who's like, who has only one internship, yeah, right? right? So, you know, obviously. Right. Were so, you at any point afraid that off? like you are so far behind with your peers in the internship? No. So no, no. I like, didn't you care were just like, ah, no. nah, I was like, I was so set you, on man. I will graduate and make films. I was so set on that. Okay. But oh, I guess I graduated okay. and I have not made any films. <laughs> so, <laughs> yet, yet, right? It's alright. Mind your business at we'll your podcast. See. It's your first step towards, you know, yeah. putting yourself yeah, that's out hope, there. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So you wanted to go into like directing or acting? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know whether I qualify to be in front of camera, but um, I was looking at more directing when I was young, actually. Okay. But I think now that I've done so much um, business side of things, like let's say pitching, let's say budgeting and all yeah. these kind of things with startups, yeah. I think maybe the role of producing suits me better Okay. versus like picking up all the directing things from scratch again. Yeah. Is, is, is it still in the... 
Yeah, it's, it's still something that nice. I do want to I'm pursue. I'm really looking forward to the day. The <laughs> me movie too, comes me out, too. Right? Yes. That's nice, that's you, nice. You know when you first said, oh, my dad is a horse trainer. So the first thing in my head was like, oh, you know those Hong Kong films like Jackie Chan? Oh, they, they need a horse there and then her dad is involved in the movie production. Right. <laughs> Sim- similar. Because like the funny thing is yeah. that like whenever I say that to people in Singapore, they're always yeah. like, Oh, so he works in the circus. Like, like, no, he doesn't work in the circus. But what, uh, but like the line with the Jackie Chan thing is yeah. that a lot of top Hong Kong movie stars own horses. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they do put them in different right. stables. And, and it's a prestigious job, right? I mean, they, yeah. in, in a in a country of what we are talking about, a few hundred thousand people. Uh, uh, seven million. Seven million. Yeah. Oh, that was way There's, off, Ash. Yeah, <laughs> fifty, only fifty people. Less than fifty, I think. Wow, maybe that, thirty something. That's crazy. Yeah. Right. How many horse trainers do you think Singapore has? Oh, there are, there are. Yeah, there yeah. is actually a horse racing industry in Singapore, by yeah, the way. I know it's in yeah. Crunchy, right? Yeah, it's in it's Crunchy, a turf yeah. Club or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think less than nice twenty. Bar there, right. And there's a horse. Yes, yes. Do you ever think about like becoming a horse rider? Oh, I actually did when a I jockey. was a jockey. Yeah, yeah. Right. when I was yeah. young, I wanted to be a jockey, okay. and then my dad said, "Uh, I think you're a bit too heavy for the horse." Whoa. What? <laughs> yeah. Really? That's the first thing which I was. But again, you know, I'm just very undeterred by what people say. So I was like, I don't care. I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> Get a bigger horse. <laughs> yeah. But then the next thing that happened was that a few days later, when I was watching a horse racing race, okay. a jockey actually fell off the horse, and okay. then the horse just trampled over oh, the jockey. Oh shit! And that was when I decided, okay, I'm not gonna be. A jockey. <laughs> so I think it was just my dad trying to scare me into not being a jockey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> so interesting. Like so there's so many things that you wanted to like achieve right, yeah. from a very young age. Yeah. Is I there any other like unique No, I think for me, like I I realized that I always like go back to the same few things. Okay. So um and I think up to a certain point I was thinking of it as a very flat 2D circle. Like I keep okay. coming back to the same point. Yeah. But after a while you realize that it's actually a spiral, a spring, you know, you're going to the same point, but you're going through it and mm-hmm. you're going upwards, wow. you know, in terms yeah. of your skill sets. So, um, yeah, so a few things that I kept going back to was like um, sports and then um, film. Okay. And then languages, okay. sports, film, language, sports, film, language. So I keep thinking like, oh no, I'm back to this film idea again. But then when I visit it again, I'm a different person. Yeah. I write a different script. For I've sure. like, you know, gone through different courses. So I have different like views on different things as well. How, so, how often do you see yourself coming back to, you know, like filmmaking? Is it a very common? Y- yeah, it's very common. I think every three to six months, I'll be like, wait, why am I back here again? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. yeah. Right, so among all these like sports that you have picked up like mm-hmm. over the years and played, right? Mm-hmm. Which do you think value added the most to you as a person? Um, in the sense of say, maybe for business itself. I think in terms of like business acumen fencing. Right. Yeah, you really think a lot of steps ahead. You really okay. think of like a lot of different kind of um possibilities and you also are more aware of your own tendencies. Mm. I see. Yeah. Right. So I mean now you have gone through your whole like university and then you moved to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. The minute you ended university. Yeah. I did. And I moved to Hong Kong thinking I'm going to make a film. What was the game plan at that point? Uh, no game plan. Move there, stay with like my paternal family and okay. let's just start making films. That's my dad to introduce me to some people. That okay. did not right. work out. So right. we went there, my dad was like, I don't really want you to make films. Because so, <laughs> he felt that he felt that was a very dark industry, which I'm quite sure he knows because right, like a right, lot of right. his um, horse owner friends are like in their industry. Right, so right. I think, you know, he just wanted to protect me. Mm. But at the same time, I'm, I'm really established. Yeah. I'm very stubborn, yeah. right? So... 
uh, yeah, I just wanted to go ahead with it. Okay. But at the same time, um, when I was in my third year in uni, I actually met someone okay. who actually, uh, we actually were working on this side project together mm-hmm. on. And then he called me and said like, hey, you know, this project you were working on that you thought was for fun, we kind of got an investor. Wow. We are funded. Do you want to come back and like get this working? I was like, oh, okay, sure. Since I'm not doing anything in Hong Kong now, okay. let's just like go back to Singapore and see what happens. Right, right. So we came back to Singapore and then um, worked on the idea, got more funding and um, yeah, ran with it for about two years. Wow. So yeah. like nothing came up from Hong Kong at that point? Uh, no, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then you came back to Singapore and Did you actually- startup. The startup, yeah, which was a film production. Oh no, no, it wasn't. It was um a an app instead right. of like buying and selling from each other, you rent from each other instead. Okay. Yeah, so that's what like me and my co-founder kind of did for a bit, and, and then this idea started in um in uni, uni yeah. year three, yeah, year three, and then your founder investor and decided yeah, to- was yeah. it was it like a case competition or something like that? Or? No, just a random idea. Okay, yeah. like y'all were yeah. just sitting down yeah, talking. Sitting wow, talking. and you and your friend went ahead and found investors for it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, this is really funny. I think yeah. this like also taught me something else. So, um, he is someone who, um, I guess did not have the traditional Singapore education. Okay. Like he was what people would call like an abeng, but he's not really an abeng. But he's just like a very street smart, yeah. raised on the streets kind of right. guy. And then like people just see me as a uni grad. So mm. no, they see like, oh, this guy is just very like rogue, and you're just very like book smart you yeah, know, yeah. that kind of person so when we were looking for investors and then uh, I said okay let me just get a list of like maybe the top 10 VCs in Singapore you know them and then right. we'll see how it goes he said no get me the physical address I will go and talk to them Wow. And I was like okay good luck and then mm. uh, so I sent all the emails he went to like physically knock on doors and wow, he actually okay. ended up getting an getting investor the, uh, yeah. wow. was that your first taste of like entrepreneurship at that point in your life Uh, first taste Personally, yes, but I have been in another startup before that as well. Like SMU has lots of startups, so right. I've just been helping out in a few. And okay, yeah. okay. So when you came back, you're like an investor. The business started. Yeah, how, I made how, an app. It was a very steep learning curve because, okay. like you know, everything you have to do yourself, right? So from designing the app, from marketing, from talking to partners, right. from getting a business and everything. So that was a very. I think I learned a lot of different skills. But uh, we have since stopped it and closed it and moved on with our lives. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, sorry. So when you came back, um, you started the app. You had investors. Uh, did you know that this is what you wanted to do at a point, or you were just like, yeah, let's see where it goes? Yeah, it's a very let's see where it goes. So I think, like, contrary to what I've been saying, people always think that I know what I want to do. I haven't mm-hmm. actually been doing what I want to do, which is film. You see, <laughs> yeah. So I've just been going with the flow of what life throws at me. But it just mm-hmm. seems that I've always been attracted to startups. I guess. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So this we are talking about what 2016, 2017? 2018. 2018. Yeah, I graduated in 2018. Right. Do you have any like experience in um tech at that point? No, no. So it was, like everything was new to you and Yeah. Okay. What was your role in that? Uh I mainly did everything that was not sales. So mainly internal facing stuff. Like let's say okay. talking to um developers, designing the app and all these kind of things. Okay. Yeah, marketing. And it ran for two years. It ran for two years, yeah. Right. Could you just tell us like a brief history of that yeah, like, company? I'm very curious yeah. to, to learn what, what what y'all did in the two years. like, And why it's maybe not here anymore. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, in that two years, I think a lot of fun things happened. I actually managed to um, meet a lot of investors. Okay. Right. Managed to meet a lot of entrepreneurs. 
And uh, yeah, I had a good community and got to know the Singapore startup community a bit better okay. and got to know the world of startups a bit more. Like, you know, what's like Series A, B, C, D, you know, what's like dilution, what's ESOP, stocks, all this kind of stuff. As nothing well, the school taught us, right? Yeah, nothing, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nothing the school taught us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's like all the things that I've learned. And then mm-hmm. after that, uh, why we didn't continue was because actually um, I had a different vision for the company from my mm. co-founder. Okay. Yeah, so and then I just um, left the company. Okay. And then at the same time, um, he wanted to continue but like do something else with it. So um, that's why he's continuing but it does, that's a different thing now. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it does not have the name but it's no, maybe it a still a similar thing? No, no, no not no, at all. Okay. Totally different Complete thing. Different so it was yeah. a very mm-hmm. mutual like, Yeah, yeah. Side. We're still friends. Like I still text okay. him. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's touch a little bit on that, right? So when, when he called you over from Hong Kong, right? Hey, mm-hmm. you know, come, we have an idea yeah. An investor. Yeah. So you came in as a co-founder. Yeah. Right. Right. So you were like just the two of you, and yeah. then you guys had to hire a team and yeah. all yeah. that stuff, and yeah. that, that that was completely new to you guys. That was completely new. Right. Yeah. When coming into a partnership like that, mm-hmm. um, and this is something that we ask a lot of our guests, like, how does the partnership dynamics work? Um, do you guys have it in black and white, mm-hmm. and that sort of, or is it a biz and trust? And mm-hmm. what's your take on it? I think it's very important to everything in black and white. Okay. So we did have um partnership agreements or like shareholder agreements or co-founder agreements with mm-hmm. all these kind of things. But I mean, keep in mind the fact that we just probably didn't know what we were doing anyway. Mm-hmm. So the agreements were probably very badly written, probably taken from somewhere and um stuff like that. But I think like at the end of the day, we trusted each other a lot. Yeah. So we uh we honored them. So okay. I think, but it's very hard to find such co-founders and You're to right. split on such good terms right. as well. For sure. Yeah. Mm. For sure. So. Yeah. So we come to the end of like this two-year mm. stint, right? Did you all have a vision for where you wanted to bring or was it still a day-by-day, month-by-month, quarter-by-quarter and then at the end of two years, you all sit down and like, ah, I, I don't think this is working. Or yeah. Do you all have a long-term vision for it? I think we did have a long-term vision, but the more we did it, the more I felt that day-by-day, um, month-by-month was right. happening. Right. And um, that's why I decided that I don't think this was something for me okay. because I think like we have very different views and they're very different maybe upbringing experiences so for him it's like yeah we should keep changing to suit the climate we're in but for me it was very like no but we agreed that we were going to do this you know Mm -hmm. so I think that was a 2018 crystal I think the crystal Mm -hmm. now is very like let's just switch if it doesn't work Right. Yeah. Right, so I right. think that's what you learn in startups so do you think that there was a lot of lack of um, entrepreneurship at that point for you and that like the experience you mean if today's crystal was doing that app do you think that it will be a very different story for the whole? I think it will be a different story. Yes. Will I think it succeed? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, the idea. As yeah. Well as, mm. right. Yeah, but I think like I would be able to run it a lot better. Yeah. Okay. But the idea is like I don't think we had product market fit at that point of time, right. and I right. don't think it's easy to find. It's not very okay. scalable as well. So I think that idea wasn't a good idea to start with, right. but it was mm-hmm. a good attempt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from that two years, right? What do you think was like one of the greatest lessons you learned uh, as a founder of like this app I think like I learned a lot of lessons but one of the biggest lessons is to trust myself okay Mm. yeah because I think sometimes um, as you do this kind of stuff you start getting lost in the process right and then you also lose yourself and then you're like am I doing the right thing and why am I here you know I should leave now I shouldn't leave you know that kind of things Mm. a lot of like internal and a lot of mental health things yeah and yeah, actually, this is also one of the first times where I started feeling really, like, depressed. Okay. I didn't really, like, term it as depression. It's just more like, oh, I don't feel like doing anything. I'm just right. so done with this whole right. thing. So I remember, like, 
I stopped watching Running Man mm. after they changed cast. So okay. I think like one guy called Gary, he left the cast and they added like two newcomers. And then when they added these two, I just stopped watching Running okay. Man. And then this kind of like little unhappy depression episode happened. And I thought like, okay, don't contact me for one week. Okay. So in the whole one week, I caught up from the time that these two people joined Running Man until the most recent episode. Okay, right. Each Running Man episode was like one and a half hours. <laughs> and that was almost like two years worth mm-hmm. of Running Man wow. that I caught up in mm-hmm. one week. Wow. So I think like at that point, it just made me think like, okay, I really don't think I'm happy in this. Okay. Which is why I'm in this situation, right? Okay. So I'm like, okay, I think I need to stop this and yeah, take a break. What do you think was fueling this unhappiness? Like, I think like it's more like no experience in this kind of things. And I think startups are really like, especially when it's just two people, mm. it's a lot like really, I guess, a marriage. Okay. Especially mm. like, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we we see each other every day. Yep. We fight. But then you must still like get together get things, again. Yeah. yeah, get things done. And then uh, you still must say sorry. And like 24-7, mm-hmm. you're always texting each other because right. something pops up or whatever right. it is. And it's just a very delicate relationship. And then you still have to like really trust each other. We do. But at the same time, sometimes you start stepping on each other's toes and that mm. gets a bit complicated. So at first we're like, okay, very clearly, I do internal stuff, you do external stuff. Okay. But sometimes along the line, you're like, you think like, oh, how come you didn't do this yet? Why don't I help you do? Mm. But you think this action of I help you do is you helping the other person, but someone might view it as like you stepping into my territory. Right. right, right? And then right. you'll be like, oh, I don't like the way you're doing this marketing. Why don't I make the thing? And then okay. you make it. And now that it starts getting very blurred. Right, right. And then the trust like wanes because mm-hmm. you feel like why are you keep doing things that I'm supposed to be doing right yeah so I think that was another lesson that I learned as well right yeah so I think like in startups you learn a lot of things relationship management is one of them hey guys we hope you enjoyed this week's episode next week we have but you have done your research about the company no so I googled no, <laughs> no. I, I, okay okay I did I did I, I googled I googled the website but the okay. website was like not informative at right. all yeah, because it's a startup it's a like... startup it just literally just said like we have like 1,000 wow. customers or something like that I don't remember anymore so far it sounds like a, you know catfish <laughs> yeah. situation in LinkedIn or well, something <laughs> it could have been that's a big risk to take yeah. yeah but like I just thought like okay let's just meet this guy then yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just I met this guy and then he told me, Oh, we're gonna be like the number one SaaS company in the world. Hey, this is Crystal and you're listening to the Mind Your Business SG podcast. Thank you for joining us this time. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on Spotify to get a new insightful episode every week. The Mind Your Business SG podcast is hosted by Ashwin Prakash and Tamit Nasif. Thank you to Naim Lutfi for our intro music. And if you've enjoyed our show, consider rating us. It will help us grow the show and make the future episodes that much better. Have a question for Ash or me? Head over to our Instagram page at mindyourbusinesssg and ask away. We read every submission and we might just answer yours in a future episode. If you'd like to support us personally, you can reach out to Ash for your finance needs and myself for any creative business solutions. We'll see you soon.